Thanks for tuning in to MANA, a short daily meditation to feed hungry souls with God's Word. These episodes were prepared by ordained ministers for a radio broadcast called Voice of the Church and are now republished by the Reformed Perspective Foundation, a Canadian charity that applies biblical truth to the issues of our time. Here's today's serving. Well, thanks for joining me again today. It's so good to have you with me. I hope you are blessed as we open God's Word, and I pray that the Spirit is present in your home as we do this together, as we study the Word of God through the lens of one of our doctrinal confessions here. Today we're going to be looking at the topic of good works in the life of a Christian. You can well imagine that this is an important doctrine for us to understand and to get right from a scriptural perspective. And so as we get into this doctrine today, I want to begin by opening God's Word first. And we're going to turn to one of the most important passages of the 16th century Protestant Reformation. We're going to turn to Ephesians chapter 2, and we're going to read the verses 1 through 10. You know, over the last couple of months now, uh, my kids have probably been spending a lot more time on screens than they normally do. And in the last couple of weeks, I've caught them a few times watching home renovation shows. They've been watching things like The Property Brothers and Chip and Joanna Gaines, and there's a whole slew of of other shows like this. And initially, I I was kind of amused at the scene. You know, my my children are going to be years away from being able to buy their own home. They're going to be even further away from gutting a home and renovating it from top to bottom. But as I was sort of watching them feeling amused, I have to admit to you that I, I was sucked into these shows. And I've caught a few episodes myself, but I have a theory as to why that happened. I think these shows make for compelling and dramatic television. Now, it's certainly not because of the cheesy banter that takes place between the various hosts. I, I could do without that any day. But there is something that is so compelling about seeing something that was dilapidated or old and broken down and not terribly functional and seeing that redeemed and renewed to brand new function and vitality and use. There's something so satisfying about watching that happen. Uh, Maybe you've done this in your own life. Maybe you've done your own renovations. Uh, Maybe you've, you've renovated your entire backyard, an old vehicle, a piece of equipment. Maybe it's been a piece of furniture that was dilapidated and broke down and you reupholstered it or whatever it was. There is something very satisfying about seeing that happen. And that got me to thinking, Because there is something that is far more compelling to see and experience. uh, Something that involves the redemption and the renewal of something. It's actually our own hearts. Our own hearts when they are redeemed and renewed in the blood of Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the focus uh, that we're going to be looking at today as we look at the doctrine of good works through the lens of the Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 32, a question and answer 84. We're going to be looking at the fruit, the result of this redemption and this renewal, the fruit of good faith, the thankfulness that flows out of our hearts because we've been redeemed in the blood of Jesus Christ. Now, before we get into all of this, there's a few theological housekeeping matters that that we should probably consider for a moment. We are entering what is called the third part of the comfort of the Heidelberg Catechism. Now, that sounds like a, a bit of a, a funny phrase, I'm sure. But I point your attention back to the very first question and answer of the Heidelberg Catechism. Many of us know this already. It says there, well, what is your only comfort in life and death? And then it begins by answering, it says, well, that I am not my own, 
but I belong body and soul, both in life and death, to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. He's fully paid for all my sins. He's delivered me from the power of the devil. And it speaks about how our Heavenly Father protects us and watches over us. And then it speaks of how the Holy Spirit works in our heart and assures us and compels us to live for him all the days of our life. It's a Trinitarian answer. But then there's a, a question and answer immediately afterward that certainly doesn't get our attention quite as readily as this one. And it says there in question two, what do you need to know in order to live and die in the joy of this comfort? And essentially the answer here outlines uh, the three major components and structures of the Heidelberg Catechism. Sometimes this is called sin and misery, deliverance, thankfulness. Others call it guilt, grace, gratitude. Others call it sin, salvation, sanctification. And the answer there, it says, well, first I need to know how great my sins and misery are. Second, I need to know how I am delivered from all my sins and misery. And third, how I am to be thankful to God for such deliverance. So the journey that we're about to begin uh, taking today, as we look at Lord's Day 32, is a journey about thankfulness. It's a journey about gratitude. And I don't think I can overstate this simple fact you see, this this is trajectory setting, depending on how we understand this. If we get this wrong, we're going to go towards moralism and legalism. We, we need to take our cue from the Bible. Everything that follows uh, in the Catechism's exposition of the Ten Commandments, uh, in its explanation of the Lord's Prayer, all of this belongs in the realm of gratitude. Uh, what is the role of good works? in the Christian life. What's the point of the Christian life? What's the point of living a moral life? We need to understand these things within the gospel context. The authors of the Catechism seem to have a, an acute sense and awareness of what people are thinking. Why would we do good works? Can good works earn our way into heaven? Uh, this is a given fact already, that we have been delivered, we've been saved, we've been rescued, we've found salvation from our misery and our sin, we've been delivered by grace alone through Christ, without any merit of our own. Again, for by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So if good works have nothing to do with our salvation. Well, then why do we need to do good works? I mean, I mean, it's a natural question, question 86. Now, that reminds me of Romans 12, uh, the first couple of verses there. The Apostle Paul, he begins with a therefore. And what's the therefore? Well, he's just walked through the gospel of grace. He says in Romans 5, therefore, since we have been justified... We have peace with God. We've been justified by grace alone, through Jesus Christ alone, by faith alone, apart from works. We have peace with God. While we were sinners, Christ died for us. And then he walks through the doctrines of salvation, and he comes to a conclusion. It does impact your life. Therefore, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to do what? To present your bodies as a living sacrifice, as an offering, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world. Don't be shaped by the patterns of thinking and the ideas of this world that are opposed to God. Instead, be transformed, be metamorphosized by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern 
what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Because Christ, having redeemed us by his blood, also renews us by his Holy Spirit to be his image, so that with our whole life we may show ourselves thankful to God for his benefits, for what he's done for us in Jesus Christ, and he may be praised by us. Now this answer, when it's speaking about good works, it's not limiting good works to this special kind of category of activities, you know, uh, going grocery shopping for your elderly neighbor, uh, helping a cat out of a tree, donating money to a needy cause or something like that. Good works amounts to things that are pleasing to God. Uh, in, in the line of Romans 12, that you may discern what is the will of God. How are you being called to live a righteous life in any given situation? How are you being called to obedience and faithfulness in a way that glorifies God? How are you being called to live and do and think about things that are good and acceptable and perfect. That's what the Catechism is getting at when it's speaking of good works. This is the Christian life from dawn to dusk, 24-7. This is the Christian life. It's a life of good works. It's a, a life of thankfulness. It's a life of responding to God and saying, thank you for what you have done for me. And God, the Holy Spirit, works in our hearts. We are new creations, according to the book of Corinthians, so that we can begin to do what we were created to do in the beginning. God has recreated us in Jesus Christ for the purpose of good works, and God has prepared them beforehand that we should walk in them. Now, I always think of the story of Hansel and Gretel, and, and maybe it's not the greatest story to think of, but they're going into the forest, and they're lost, and so I think it's Hansel. He, he drops these stones or these breadcrumbs behind them, and that's the trail that they try to use to find their way back out of the forest. But that's how I kind of envision, in my mind anyway, how good works function. God the Father, he has placed these good works in our path, and then we pick them up as we go through life, and we do this to his glory. It's the most beautiful thing to be privileged and blessed to share in a life of good works, a life of gratitude that honors our Father in heaven for what he has done for us in Jesus Christ, his Son. Now, there are two other reasons we do good works. Both of these are reason for gratitude. Uh, first of all, we're renewed. Uh, we're redeemed. We're renewed to be the image of Christ and so that through our whole life we might praise God and glorify God uh, just the way we were intended to do in the very beginning before the fall into sin. But now there's more. It says there further that we ourselves, we do good works further, that we ourselves may be assured of our faith by its fruits. Now, this is just amazing. We do good works because it demonstrates evidence that we have been redeemed, that we have been renewed, that our minds are being transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. When you see fruit in your life of godliness and good works, this is evidence of the Spirit at work in you, that you have been saved in Jesus Christ. And finally, there's a third reason why we do good works. It says there, and that by our godly walk of life, we may win our neighbors for Christ. Now, this is just so amazing. God says to us, he wants to use us to witness to his glory, to witness to his grace, to witness to a broken world, and to tell a broken world what Jesus Christ has done for us while we were dead in our trespasses. We were made alive in Jesus Christ. We were raised and seated in the heavenly places. By grace, we have been saved. 
And so we live lives of gratitude. You know, why did you help me out that one day? Because I'm saved in Jesus Christ. Do you want something? Do you want some money in return? No. I'm doing this because I'm saved in Jesus Christ. And I want to share Jesus Christ with you. And the Lord Jesus speaks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew chapter 5, we find him speaking about why we should be doing good works. He speaks about how we live as, as lights in this world. And then he says, you are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Why? So that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And so I pray that this might be a blessing to you. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne of grace. We thank you for redeeming us. We thank you that you give us your word. And we pray that you will continue to fill us with your spirit so that we will be able to discern what is good and pleasing and perfect. We pray that we might be your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we pray that as we live this way, that our neighbors, the people around us, will sit up and will take note that there's something different about us. And we pray that you will use us and the good works that you give us to do to your glory, but we also pray that you will use them to transform hearts. Father, we pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. <music> 